This is episode number 172 with Trey Llewellyn. Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren. Such a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. I hope you're doing well wherever you are and you're having an awesome week. I'm excited about our guest that's coming on today. But before we dive into the episode, I've got to tell you guys, if you didn't hear my last recording with Connor Young of Ample Meal, you guys have to go check this out. This is not your typical meal replacement drink. It's not your typical green food smoothie. It's not your typical protein shake. It's a little bit of all of that goodness all wrapped up in one, but it's soy-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors. And if you caught that episode with Connor, you know that the thing I get the most excited about when it comes to Ample is the blend of a little bit of carbohydrates, a lot of protein, and even a lot more healthy fats. This is a carefully selected blend of plant-based fats from coconut, macadamia nut, chia seed, and sunflower. And not only are you getting your healthy dose of MCTs, your omega-3 fatty acids, your monounsaturated fats for fueling the brain and the body with energy while also controlling inflammation, but you also have the quality proteins that I mentioned. So Ample, in a really cool way, combines grass-fed whey protein, which is going to give you a healthy blend of branched-chain amino acids, but it's also got grass-fed collagen, which Connor and I talked about quite a bit. And another really impressive thing about Ample that I love, guys, is it's created with this nutrient-dense, highly bioavailable blend of protein. And what does that do? That sends signals from your stomach to your brain telling you that you're full, whereas a lot of meal replacement or protein shakes out there that are intended to replace meals just don't have that nutrient-dense, packed-in protein to make you feel as full as you should, and you're hungry again within the next hour. But wait, it gets even more awesome. There's probiotics, there's fiber and prebiotics, there's plant-based micronutrients. Guys, this drink has it all, and I loved talking through all of this with Connor. So again, you've got your healthy fats, your quality proteins, your clean carbohydrates, your probiotics, your fiber and prebiotics, and then your plant-based micronutrients. Ample comes in a 400 or 600 calorie bottle, so you can pick the right customization for you. And in order to get 15% off your order, all you have to do is head over to success101podcast.com forward slash ample, choose the bottle size that's right for you, and at checkout, don't forget to put in the code SUCCESS101 to claim your 15% off. Again, that's success101.com forward slash ample and enter the promo code SUCCESS101 to snag 15% off of this awesome meal replacement drink. I said I was going to keep mentioning it until you guys stopped requesting it. My team is still getting boatloads of requests for my book, From Success to Significance. If you would like to follow along on some of the live episodes that I'm going to be doing here coming up in the future, grab your own copy for free here in the United States. All you have to cover is the shipping. That's at success101podcast.com forward slash the dash book. And at checkout, enter promo code success101 to only pay the shipping costs in the U.S. 
If you're in any country besides the United States, you can snag the ebook reader at the same website for just a couple of bucks more and follow along yourself. Again, that's success101podcast.com forward slash the dash book to grab your own copy. Now, onto our awesome episode today with the one and only Trey Llewellyn. Guys, let me tell you, I had a ton of fun with this guy. And if there's one thing that Trey knows really well, it is marketing. But really taking it a step further and tracking the stats and testing those stats like crazy. One of the things you'll probably pick up on about Trey in our episode today is he's been hugely successful in business, but his path was anything but ordinary. He started off in electrical engineering and computer science, but is now running a multi-million dollar physical products internet business and a coaching mastermind program. If you've ever thought about heading down a journey in life that is absolutely anything but scripted and finding niche ways or very unconventional ways to get things done, especially when people told you that they probably couldn't be done, you have to listen into today's episode. This is complete outside the box thinking at its best and the volume at which Trey is operating and running his online business is just incredible. We dive into that and so much more today on the episode and I can't wait for you guys to meet Trey Llewellyn. So without any further delay, let's jump right into our conversation with the one and only Trey Llewellyn. I am so anxious to dive in and talk about your success today and just how that relates to the grassroots of success, Success 101. I know that you didn't just arrive on the scene. Success doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) Some of your stuff comes through testing and through trials and through some of the things that you're doing. But I think part of your message today, without jumping the gun too much here, is going to be to tell us how to gain success by not, you know, working smarter, not harder, to use that phrase we could be here for five hours, literally just talking about little things like Let's that. Let's do it. We'll do a five-hour Friday. Does That's that work? okay. Five-hour Friday. These guys are listening. They're like, you know what? I got five hours. I'm just going to pull over right now. Let's rock this. <laughs> Either that or they turn us off. <laughs> One yeah. or the other. Yeah, and we're done. Man, where does it all start? So I kind of started my little entrepreneurial journey like when I was young. I did, you know, like everybody else does, kind of lawn, mowing lawns and kind of getting that feel of what's it feel like to be your own boss, but then realistically, your customers are your boss, so you never really lose that. But I started with mowing lawns and then I actually started cleaning pools at one point in time to where uh, I was making really good cash. I had like 10 pools. I was making 40 bucks a week per pool. So that was like $400 for a 16-year-old. So So you were the pool boy to like all the the middle-aged women around Missouri, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I had this this guy, I, I cleaned his pools. His name was Randy Park. We still are friends today. We still do business with Randy today, which is so cool. But he made t-shirts for me and they had, they were red t-shirts, white text. And yeah, I wore that proudly and it was pool boy. I was like, I'm here, I'm, I'm representing and, and uh, we're here to make some money. So uh, that it was cool. It was cool. And that's kind of how the journey started. But then we moved out of Hannibal. So I lived in Hannibal. So it was a small town. And my dad was like, ah, well, you know, you don't want to clean pools in the city of St. Louis. I was like, why? He's like, well, people sue you if you like tear their vinyl or something like that. He's like, people are really, you know, crazy or something like that. I was like, oh, okay. So it scared me as a young kid, like 17 year old. I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. So I quit. I mean, if I didn't quit, I'd probably be still cleaning pools to this day, to be real frank, because uh, it was a cash business. <laughs> but I moved into uh, selling tea. I, I made zero money selling tea. But I learned from so much of importing like tea leaves, of bringing those in. and Man, how little... did that come about? Going from the pool yeah. to, hey, now I'm selling tea. And did people think like, what's this guy doing? Is he ever going to have a future ahead of him? I mean, did you get looks like that? I think that? I had the same question, you know, when I was like, what the hell am I doing with selling tea? But because I didn't even like tea. So how that came about was this lady from MasterCard, my mom ran her own little business. 
And this lady arrives. She's like, hey, I'm with MasterCard Card Services. I just need to make sure your mom's here to get the credit card. Like, come. They do like this investigation of the house just to make sure like you're shipping your product out and stuff like that. I was like, hey, you run into all these businesses, right? And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, what's popular right now? Like, I'm trying to find something. And she's like, well, coffee's really popular. I was like, yeah, but it's saturated. Like, that's not going to work. What else? And she's like, well, maybe tea. And I was like, perfect. I will go out and I will source tea. And so that's where that little crazy journey began for like two and a half years, going through college even, of trying my darnest to make a profit from selling tea, which I never did. It was 100% always break even. And I had to do other side jobs, like be a bartender and stuff through college. But I was always so passionate about like having my own business that I worked hours on that thing, but just never could make it turn and twist. And you know that's really weird because I think the reason mainly was I didn't know what I was doing, right? I had no freaking clue of what I was doing. Like to give you a great example, let me tell you a story. I was at this fair, this little craft fair, and I had my teas and I put the tea leaves. So these are tea leaves, not tea like bags, tea leaves. So they're open. I put them in these little china bowls and I was like, okay, here we go. Start the day. Five hours, eight hours goes by. Not one person buys. Not, they won't even look at me. Like they just see these bowls of tea on the front table. I'm like, why isn't anybody buying? And all of a sudden, like at the end of the day, like 4.30, I see the janitor walk in and he's just eyeing me down. I was like, finally, a customer, like, here we go. And he comes over and he kind of leans over. And he goes, hey, man. I go, hey. He goes, can I ask you something? I said, like, sure. He goes, is this marijuana? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, no. Like, are you serious? Like, has, does everybody think I'm selling marijuana and not tea? Like, so my marketing was off. I had blue tins all over the place. Like the tea was wrong. Like I had everything you could do wrong. I was doing wrong. And it was so just cool. awful. And so that kind of, you know, I quit that finally. I was like, you know, I'm just, I, after two and a half years, I just couldn't get it. And so I quit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what everybody else says to do, which is go to college, get a job and, you know, try to be happy. And I went to college, got my engineering degree, five years, got out, worked for a company out in Jefferson City called Unilever. I was a contractor with them. And I look around, their soap plant, I looked around and all I saw was guys who were like in their 50s and 60s who had like no hair, they had no teeth, they're wearing like hair nets and like eyeglasses and earplugs and stuff like that. And I was like, man, is that who I'm going to be? Like, that's who I'm going to be if I stay in this job. And I went home that night. I was like, I'm done. Like, I have to quit. Like, I don't know what I just did for five years, but I have to quit. And so I quit. Wow. I, became, I became an insurance agent, which is the same thing my dad does. And I got my entrepreneurship from them, from a lot of it too, because they started training me of like how to get customers, how to market properly, how to get leads, how to source, how to convert, how to talk to people on the phone and close them. And so that really helped. And I went out and hired a mentor. Having that mentor lead me down a path versus me trying to figure it out, like I did with the tea, like I did with the pool business, like I did with the lawn mowing, that springboarded my success so quickly versus me going out and trying to figure out this internet world by myself. Was I just learned from others who were doing it themselves, doing it well. And I just kind of tucked under their arm and said, show me. In the online space, like the online marketing, like building funnels and building a company and a brand is so new. It's just so out there and that world is so fresh and pure that it's hard to understand. Like even if I go to reunions, they're like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I sell products online. They're like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. And they're like, <laughs> like Amazon. I was like, no, kind of different. Like Etsy? So yeah, Etsy. There's kind of, you know, uh, they don't get it that yet. You know, it's hard to explain. 
That is so cool. Man, I just love stories like this because as an entrepreneur myself and just, you know, it's just such a interesting time because there's a lot of people out there that want to play office, play the game, play the title game. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a CEO. I'm a this, I'm a that, whatever. And really, you just, you really look at what they're doing and it's like, man, I just don't know if you have what it takes to lay it on the line and really be accountable for yourself every day because nobody's going to do it except you. And you know that just from your humble beginnings and then being able to to rise up to where you are today. And I just, I'm curious for you, we'll take a sidestep here a little bit, but I think it all ties in. Where do you think people today, the millennial generation, or just even people looking for a career change that want to be that autonomous boss, they want to have that control, they want to do whatever their heart's desire is, but really aren't willing maybe to lay it all out there in the line or don't know where to go. Where do you think the biggest misstep is today for people that aren't doing what you did, which is to say, this is not going to be me. I'm going to go against the grain here and go, you know, break out and do my own thing. What do you think the biggest misstep is in today's leaders? Oh, man, that's hard to say because, you know, I don't see that. I hear about it, but I don't see it. And that might be just because of who I surround myself with, because as our office, we are around a lot of, of that millennial generation. And yeah, there are people who, you know, it's hard for them to get up. It's hard for them to, to show up to work on time, like the old, you know, concepts of like, this is how you do work. You show up on time, you do your work, you take breaks, you, you know, you go home at five, like that whole thing versus taking off early, taking days off. And so like, I guess we do see that. But the people who are close to us, like I have a guy that we just brought on, you know, he's 18, like he's back here hustling, right? Like he's got video cameras flowing around here. And this dude is like a hustler like I was when I was his age. And so and he's in the millennial generation. So they're still out there. They're still uh, in the shadows like I was hustling and, and waking up early, staying up late, making things happen. But I mean, I know that the I don't even know why the millennials have that that cloud over them right now from the news of everything of just being like, oh, the millennials are never going to make it, you know, because they're still out there. You know, there's people who have drive. So he's progressing, making stuff for himself. He wants to go somewhere in life. He wants to be somebody is what he said. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's that entitlement tag. That's what the media just really kind of jumps on for them is that they mm -hmm. want everything handed to them. They decide within the first two minutes that they're going to make that a career job that they just started at, you know, those sort of things we could go on and on. And I just find that whether that's right or wrong for, you know, likely not for everybody, because you've got guys like him, like you said, are still 18, just hustling and grinding. But a lot of people just aren't willing to do that or they're further in life wishing they had made different paths. But now they're so set where they are or they think they are that they're unwilling to break away. You know, so there's maybe a lot of excuses or fearful tendencies that happen there. So I was just I was curious what you see in your space with all of that. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, is that at the end of the day, that's what makes the world go round, frankly. Because if everybody was an entrepreneur and everybody was a CEO, I don't know if the world would work the way it does. And yeah, absolutely. It's a numbers game, right? There's only going to be so many CEOs to so many janitors to so many people who don't even want to work. And for that, we have the fortune to be able to have the mind that we have, the mindset that we have, and the ambition and the motivation and the inspiration in us to go fight, you know, be the tigers of the world, go be the lions and go out and get what's ours. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as we were talking offline a little bit, just to do it the smart way, you know, my podcast was created around people really understanding what builds success. You don't, you don't wake up tomorrow and go start a business and the millions just start rolling in. Mm -hmm. Continue through this progression, if you don't mind, because I'm really curious where it goes from there. Okay. Yeah. So I was selling t-shirts with my brother. So the biggest piece here that we're missing is the other half, which is my brother, Bryceland. He was going to be, or he was in law school, did the 600 hours, was going to become a police officer. And frankly, I was really emotional about it. I had a lot of uh, nights that I couldn't sleep about it because frankly, if you go to any police, federal government website or state site, it just shows like all the casualties that happen. And I was like, gosh, dang, like I do not want to see 
him come home in a coffin. Like that would just break me. And so I set my mind to it. I was like, there's got to be something that's bigger than that, that I can have him do that would excite him more. But what is it? And I went to him, I go, you know what, let's go into business together. And I want to become something. I want to be successful. I want to build a business. I don't care if I sell snow cones to something else. I was like, what do you love? Like, what's your biggest interest? And he said, guns. And I go, what if we have a business about guns then? Like, what if we start something around guns and just like leapfrog it up? And that took four months of convincing him to say yes. And after we got that, we started a fan page. And it was called I Love My Glock. And then Glock sent us a cease and desist letter. So that was nice. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, failure after failure, right? And, <sighs> and so it's like, okay, good. We're going to get sued. And we got that cease and desist. And it was like, okay, well, we can't call it I Love My Glock. And we called it ILMG, thankfully. So we just switched the name from Glock to Gun. Like, it just happened to work out. So I was like, okay, that's a godsend. Like, we weren't supposed to use the term Glock. Apparently, we'll just use the term Gun now. So it's now I Love My Gun. And we built this fan page. It started with one like. That was obviously me. Uh, it got to two likes. That was him liking the page. And then we started setting out with our mission. Like what we're looking to do is, is pretty much, you know, have a place where gun nuts, gun guys, patriots like ourselves could go out and talk, you know, express our opinions and, and get excited about that stuff. And we grew it from 10 likes to 1,000 likes to 10,000 likes to 100,000 likes to now over today, it's over 300,000 raving gun fans. And wow. it's absolutely amazing. And I want to stop there because your audience will stop listening to us if we don't make this a point. But the thing is, is like, oh, wow, he has 300,000 likes. Like, I'll never have a fan page of 300,000 likes. We didn't either. We started with one. We started with one like. And you do too. And it's the same thing around. Like, we all start... You start with one listener on a podcast. You know? It's the same thing. You just build it up. And you create information that they can't find anywhere else. And when you do that, they will come. Because that's huge. So here's the biggest thing is we started that fan page. We didn't know what to sell them. I had another mentor, Tanner, that was talking about how he was selling these t-shirts. And I was like, holy smokes, maybe we'll sell some t-shirts. And so we started doing some t-shirt stuff with Teespring. And we sold some shirts. Like at first, we made like 500 bucks in a month. And then in February, I think we sold like $2,500. So I was like, okay, that's something. And then in March, we sold $5,000. I was like, holy crap, we just supplemented my income. Because I was $5,000, that's what I was bringing home each month. And I looked at Bryce and I was like, maybe. And not to jump the gun here on this, but were you already kind of getting into the funnel space at that point? Or were you just no. doing some other efforts? Funnels didn't exist yet in my, in my world. I only knew t-shirts front end. Like you sell a t-shirt and you're done. Basically, that's another point. But you sell t-shirts, like you get a winning t-shirt. And then once it's done winning, you're unemployed until you find the next one. That's kind of what we ran into. So right. before we get into that, yeah. So like March, went to this mastermind down in Palm Springs, Florida where this dude pretty much slapped me across the face called Rob Kosberg. I love that dude. But he basically told me I wasn't spinning enough. I wasn't aggressive enough. I wasn't going hard enough to really meet my goals. So I came back ambitious as hell, fire under my ass. I was like, I'm going to show that Rob guy what I'm made of. In April, we just turned on the Facebook ads as heavy as we could. And May, coming into May, we did $117,000 in t-shirt sales. And we sold over 60,000 shirts in under one month. It wow. blew my mind that that was even capable. We, Jared, it felt like a freaking jet stream. Like when you get like, it takes so much energy for a jet and the engines to get you up into that jet stream. But dude, once that plane's in that jet stream, it's like free floating, right? Because it goes with the wind. And right. 
you know, it, it still has its jets on, but it gets momentum and it's built momentum up. It's at that height. Like it just can fly now. And that's what it felt like. It was like, holy smoke, like all this weight was just lifted off of us. And we were just like, no friction. It was amazing. And we did 60,000 shirts, $117,000 gross revenue, which was insane. I think our profits were like in the 30% range. I mean, just in, yeah, in today's entrepreneurial space or even not, I mean, you can look at so many different sectors out there now. I think Gary Vaynerchuk says it all the time. He just says there's absolutely no excuse for anyone to say that they can't go and create something today. I mean, you may have to think outside of the box. I mean, like, look at your progression of what you've done. And then now you're doing this. I'm wondering if the listener out there is driving around or working out or whatever, listening to this is going, wait a minute, man, this guy's all over the place. You know, it makes sense to you because it's your life and that's how it played out. And you just kept finding new ideas and new excitement to go after. But let's get inside your brain for a second. When you're doing this and going, hey, let's go after guns. Oh, let's go after t-shirts now. Oh, let's go after... How do you create a vision for where you're going when it's sort of like, hey, let's go after this now. Oh, let's go after this now. That's successful. Oh, let's go after this now. I mean, were you even able to put together a business plan of any type or any sort of a blueprint for here's where I am trying to go to even be able to report that to your mentors? It does. Now that you kind of say it that way, it does look like we went all over the place, but you got to keep one in mind. Our vision was one mission, right? One team, one goal, one mission. That's what we have here. And the mission is that we show gun owners and patriots, we show them a new life. We show them, you know, how to express themselves through t-shirts. So here's a way for a t-shirt that you're going to wear, because we we're always in one niche. And that was the gun, firearms and ammo niche, the gun patriot. Gotcha. I didn't realize that the t-shirts you were talking about played into the same gun um, totally website and all of Absolutely. that that, you, that you're referring to. Okay. So it's yep. still along that same theme. It sure is. So we sold all the t-shirts that we ever sold was the one niche. I love my gun, which still exists today. It's now called the NGOA Buyers Club. So we've transitioned into that. But it's an amazing ride. Everything was geared towards that. But what we saw the writings on the wall, which was, hey, we're going to put up a new t-shirt. Oh, man, I really love that t-shirt. But you know what? I bought the last 10 you guys put out. And my wife says I can't buy any more t-shirts. That's literally <laughs> what they wrote. Like, word for word, that's what they wrote on, on the Facebook post. And I was like, okay, these guys aren't buying t-shirts because one, they're cool. But secondly, their wife won't allow them to buy any more t-shirts because they've bought the last 10 t-shirts that we've put out. So we definitely know how to design a t-shirt apparently. But on the second half, they've bought too many. And the third piece is everybody started selling t-shirts like the other internet gurus out there. And so t-shirts were starting to become saturated. So when something becomes saturated, you have to level up, do something different, set yourself apart. Go towards a blue ocean versus stay in the red ocean. So the t-shirt ocean was blue, you know, in March or whatnot. And then a year and a half later, it turned red. And so now I can either sit in a red ocean where the profit margins are slim and low, or I can jump out and I can go jump into a new blue ocean that's clear water and soft and pure and, and gentle. And the profit margins are massive because no one's there yet. And that's what we did. So we went from t-shirts and we started sourcing products. We started doing ask campaigns to where we would go out to our audience and we'd say, Hey guys, what are you buying? What's the biggest thing that you've purchased recently? You know, what are you going out to find? And when you find that, when you do those ask campaigns and they come back, they're going to tell you what they're buying. You know, well, we're buying ammo. We're buying holsters. We're buying guns, you know, stuff like that. Okay, perfect. Well, guess what we do? We turn around and we go sell them that. And that's where I get into my big old soapbox. And I start talking about a product first approach versus a market first approach. And most people that we mentor that come to our mastermind and say, Hey, here's my business. What am I doing wrong? It's not selling. 
are usually in a product first approach world, which means they found a cool product that they thought is awesome. They've either created it, found it, did something with it, and they think it's going to sell to the world and they can't get it to convert. A market first approach is when you go out to the market first and you say, what are you buying? What are you doing? What are you concerned about? What are you having problems with? What is not helping? And you get that data back and you say, wow, look what's rising to the top. What's rising to the surface, which is usually the cream. You take that cream and you go take it and you sell it back to them. That is a market first approach. We will have like a 90% success rate is what we found versus a 5 to 10% success rate with a product first approach. Yes, there's things like Kickstarter and yes, there's things like you know, stories about being on TV. But you got to remember, those are very minimal uh, percentages. So it's all about doing the research and, and reading that research and then going out and selling to that. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. It's got to be what does the market demand, not what do you want to go sell and then try to beat your head against the wall trying to push it to them. And that's probably been one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in business. But I'm wondering if some of the listeners out there are looking at some of these Kickstarter campaigns out there, looking at some of these things, you know, Henry Ford said it best. If I had asked the people what they wanted, they would have just said, I want a faster horse. Well, he <laughs> creates something that the market had no idea even would exist. It's, you know, probably similar to sci-fi to them to talk about a car driving around or whatever, but obviously revolutionized what we know now as the automobile world. You've got other things out there, whether it's, you know, technology with the iPhone, those sort of things. What would you say to somebody that says, yeah, but Trey, what about these people, these innovators that went out and made a gazillion of dollars creating something that the market had no idea would even exist ever in their lifetime. And they went and made it versus finding something that the market wants first and then being able to capitalize on that. I would applaud them because they're way smarter than I am. Because at the end of the day, I only talk about what I know because I've been through it. I've done it. And we have data that proves true to what we say and what we teach and what we consult on. If I've never tested or never come up with it or like invented a Ford car, then I can't, I don't know. Like I have no clue how they did that. And I think that is awesome that they did. Salutes to them. But that's something that I can't even preach on because I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I think it's lightning in a bottle. It's anomaly. It's, you know, catching a vision for what people someday might want. But for every one of those, you might have 100,000 people that completely strike out. Would be That's just my off the cuff answer here is if you're going to build and be successful and really, as we were talking before, really make your efforts smarter and not harder, I think you have to do exactly what you're saying, which is find out what the market wants and then gravitate into that blue sea. And get, maybe get out of the red or just if you're not even in the red, just go to the blue and then you're going to have a lot better chance to really throttle the, or push down the gas pedal and just get some horsepower behind what you're trying to do. Exactly. It's huge. So, Trey, to help me get my mind around this, I'm just, again, I'm always trying to put myself in the listener's shoes and going, okay, this guy started from nothing. He started dabbling in these things, made a business and figured out very quickly how to apply the smart effect and not the harder effect here to, to work and sell massive amounts of what he was trying to do. I'm trying to figure out where do you even go with that? And the reason I ask this is because I want our listeners to be able to get their mind around it for themselves to say, okay, if I'm looking for where I'm going to unleash my creative mind here as an entrepreneur or a future CEO or people that are trying to just create new things. I'm trying to figure out how they even start down that path. So could we kind of go through a dialogue to try to, you know, vet that out a little bit? It's huge. And I think it's crazy, right? Like looking back at it now, Steve Jobs talks about the dots uh, that you connect. And right. he's, you know, he talks about how you can only connect the dots from the past to see why you had so the dots that you did have. And but you can never see what's the future holds. You can only connect the ones in the, in the rear, which is hilarious. And it's fun. It's cool to see that. And a lot of it, I got to tell you, a lot of it and where I am today came 
one from principles and two from mentors. And it was probably the mentors that taught me the principles to make my brain just open up. Because first off, three years ago, there was no podcasts. There was no Facebook right. groups. There was no communities out there doing what you're doing, getting a microphone and being able to preach to the world like YouTube was there. And that was just kind of like this thing that no one really knew what to do with. And now yeah, with yeah, podcasts, watch cat videos or whatever. watch cat videos like and that's a story <laughs> in its own self. But yeah, it's like now you have a voice. Now you're able to go out and say hi. And it starts with one listener. But it was a struggle for me. And I always love tell, talking to people like this, like you and, and whoever else. And I just always got to smile because it's, it's to run the whole life cycle through in my mind and in a blip is bliss. It's pure. It's cool. And it's a hell of a story. Because here's the thing is there is tons of down moments, tons of down moments. And it's those high peak moments that make up for all those down moments. And there's days that I wanted to quit. Like I'll tell you straight up, there's been days I'm like, you know, it'd probably be easier to go back and get a job, to be frank. Because there's some high stress times that, that come if you have employees or if you have you know, money not coming in or, or a funnel fails or you know, something goes out. I don't know. But that happens. And so I want to talk to you just kind of like of some principles that have always just kept me going and let me understand of the vision and what and how to kind of build upon what I know. So the first thing we always talk about is you want to build a business that has some sort of foundation. Such as, I'll give you a great example of what doesn't have a foundation, which would be like Amazon. Amazon, you can go sell products on there, great. But as soon as another seller comes and outbids you or gets in front of you or takes all your traffic, you go from making, let's just say 10 grand a month to zero or to a thousand. It's like, it'll totally take you out because you don't control Amazon. And right. that's where I talk about this foundation is you want to build a foundation that you control, that you own, that you have, that you call yours. And that is a database. No one... It doesn't matter if you even like, I don't even know if you have a heart attack and you die for like 10 days and you come back, you still have that database. Like no one can take that database away from you because you own it. You have it. You own the email, you own the phone number, you own the address. And that is powerful stuff to have because of all the campaigns you can do with it. With something like Amazon, you don't own, you, they don't even let you send out a postcard to them and be like, hey, thanks for buying to where you can even call them and say, hey, do you want to order something more? So that's one big thing that I've always learned is, is having something that you can go back on and rely on. And that's a database. I learned that through selling t-shirts because as soon as I sold a t-shirt or had a big campaign like that big launch we had and it was done, we were unemployed. We were unemployed. We had no money coming in until we found the next best selling shirt. If we had a database, if we had people to talk to and mail and call, we would have had continuous revenue. So that was learning curve number one. Another one was how to go out and find the product, right? Like, okay, Trey, it's easy for you to say, you know, I, I have this really cool shiny product that I think the world's going to like, and now you just shut me down. How am I supposed to go out and find these products? I'll tell you exactly how to do it. And it came from a good mentor of mine. His name's Carl White, freaking amazing dude. I was, in a, I was in a coaching program with him, and he said like three things that just like, it was worth, I don't even know what I paid him, probably like 10 grand. And it was totally worth 10 grand just to get these three little nuggets from him. And now you're going to get it for free. So... I put at my expense, right? Right. The first one was, you know, do you want to be, would you rather have a grape or would you rather have 25% of a vineyard? Holy smokes. I want the 25% of the vineyard, right? Like a half a grape is great, but 25% of a vineyard, I got a lot of grapes, buddy. And just like when he said that, it opened my mind to building a company. 
And I have a friend, he builds our stickers, some of our stickers for us. And he came in one day, we ordered like a thousand stickers from him. And he's, he came and delivered them. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, dude, you, you are doing a lot of cool things. Like you're building your business. You're, you're selling a lot of stickers now. Like this is really cool. You got your own little printing thing going on. I was like, why don't you, why don't you hire somebody to come in and you know, help you like print some stickers out or design something? He's like, ah, that sounds like profit sharing to me. <laughs> and, and I looked at him and I was like, what? He's like, well, I'm not <laughs> sharing my profits with anybody else. Like, I want it all for me. I was like, dude, right. but you can't grow. You're going to have a half of a grape, man. You're not going to have 25. Do you want 25% of a vineyard? Or do you want to still stay back in the shadows making half of a grape? He wants half a grape. Versus me, I'm out there to get that vineyard. I'm going to grow that vineyard, right? I'm going to be watering that grapes, growing those grapes, picking those grapes. Like, I'm all in. And so that's one big thing was delegation, right? Because at the end of the day, Jared, you're going to do so many things right. But you had to learn how to delegate. You had to learn how to trust in others. The same thing I had to learn. And that is a hard Still task to learn. Still learning. Still yeah, exactly. Learning. Still, Still learning. learning. It's like, okay, all right, uh, they didn't dot their eye there. So, but you got to let it go. You know, they're not going to do as perfect as you. They don't build a funnel as perfect as me, you know, but sometimes they do things differently and it works. And it's like, wow, I would have never thought of that. But the thing is, if I would have never learned how to delegate or start to delegate or learn how to delegate, you're never going to have that vineyard. You're always going to be stuck in a grape level. And that was, that was the next thing is, is just delegation. And so that was huge. So anyways, back to the product. So how do you go out and find a product that will sell versus the, you know, having a 90% success rate versus a 10% success rate? And I'll give you a great example is every year there's a parade, maybe the July 4th parade, maybe the Macy's parade, maybe, you know, the St. Patrick's parade, whatever it is. But what you know is you know that there's going to be an audience down there. The parade's going to happen. The audience is going to show. And that's the best thing because you didn't create the audience and you didn't even have to create the parade. Think how much work that would just take for all those people to just show up on a random day, right. right? So someone else is out there putting all that together. So all you need to do, this is the easiest thing you can do, is get in front of the parade. Because when you get in front of that parade, you win. Someone's done all the work for you. And all you have to do is go out there and stand up in front of that parade and people will come. So to take that a little bit further, let's say we do a market-first approach versus a product-first approach. Let's say that I absolutely love water. Water is my favorite drink of all time. Okay. And I think that everybody else should love water just as much as I love water, if not more. So I go to Walmart, I buy up all this water and I go out to the parade and I set up a water stand, hoping that people will buy water. That's a product first approach. Market first approach would be the other guy, guy B. So he goes out but first, he knows that there's going to be a parade coming up. So he goes up and he goes maybe to Facebook and he does a little survey that says, hey, you're probably going to be going to the 4th of July parade coming up soon. If yes, click yes. Yes, I'm coming. What's your favorite drink? Is it lemonade, tea, water, Coca-Cola, or Mountain Dew? Survey comes back and says Mountain Dew is the highest of all by far. So what's he do? He doesn't go to Walmart and buy water. He goes and buys Mountain Dew. He takes that stand to the parade. Who do you think will walk home with more cash? The guy that asked, did an ask campaign before right. the parade, because he knows what they're already buying, what they're already interested in. And he puts that in front of them. He puts that in front of the parade and he wins. Yeah, sure. Of course, the person's going to sell some water, but not as much as the guy with Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's right. And it just seems like with today, us knowing that, I mean, I've run a podcast here for a little over a year now, and I've had people on that have said similar things, or, you know, about the market approach and things like that and really started helping my listeners to understand that, but you see so many wise people that have lots of business experience still going after 
the product approach. And I'm just wondering why that hasn't shifted more. I'm sure in circles that you and I are in, we see that more, but I also see a lot of just, you know, people that I think are a lot smarter, a lot wiser than I am should have a lot more business experience. They're still going after that product approach, wondering why things are so tough to uh, continue to make the impact they were making before. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other thing is, is so now you have your product, right? And here's the other thing is you can start, I wish I had a chart or something to draw with, but let's say you have, you know, one project, project one that you start with and you start to working on it, start working on it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have a great idea. It's actually better than project one. It's called project two. So I start working on project two and I start working on it with little success, maybe a little bit more success than project one. And then, oh my gosh, project three sounds way better than project two and one. I'm going to start project three. So then I start with project three and I start building it and building it, building it. But what you'll notice is no project ever got past the finish line. None of them ever won. Never, never, none of them went ever to autopilot or selling a lot of sales because of what we like to call shiny object syndrome, where you, know, you see one product like, wow, that's a great product or man, that's a great idea. A lot of that happens with courses online, right? Like how to sell millions of dollars with Facebook. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go sell millions of dollars with Facebook. I'm buying this course for $9.97. Right. And then you're, you're like in this course, you're like, wow, this is a little hard. This is kind of tough. Maybe I don't really understand that. And then all of a sudden in your newsfeed, how I just sold $2,500,000 on Amazon. Here's how with just two clicks. Holy crap. I'm going to go sell with Amazon. That seems a lot easier than Facebook. I'm going to go do Amazon now. And then in the next thing you see in the newsfeed, how I sold $3 million on Shopify. Holy smokes. I'm going to go do Shopify. Screw Amazon. Screw Facebook. Right. So it's like you're always chasing that shiny object when. In reality, if you just stuck with Facebook the first time, you'd probably have success. Versus I see a lot of people just running and doing different things. If you look back at our track record, you'll notice that we always stuck with big objects, which was the first one was t-shirts. We stuck with t-shirts and we sold t-shirts to those people. When we moved into physical products, we stuck with physical products. We sold physical products to our audience. Not digital products, physical products. And then now... We're into the continuity business. So we've gone from t-shirts, success, physical products, success, to now continuity. And we're on our way to success. Man, that is so awesome. It just shows that when you put your creative mind to something, how you can make it work. Trey, as you, you know, we only have so much time in a podcast here, but as we get ready to really steer more people toward your efforts, what do you think the future for you guys is? If you, you know, obviously won't hold you to this, I'm putting you on the spot here, but what do you think the future is for where you guys are going and what you really want to create personally and also with the company and the people that you have there that are entrusting you to, you know, make the right decisions? Well, you know, on a money wise, our goal is hundred million. Like I want to create I don't know why we picked 100 million, but it just seems cool. Uh, probably because my wristband bracelets say it. It has a money sign that says CEO, comma, OOO, comma, OOO. <laughs> and so that stands for 100 million, obviously. And I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to put that stamp on the book that says, you know what? A 30 year old created a $100 million company. Like that'd be kind of legit. And so we're looking on, okay, what's our track record? What do we look to do? And how can we build that? And how can we get there as fast as we can? And that's our goal. You know, that's our goal on a revenue standpoint is how do we get there? And secondly, is to change the lives of gun owners as we know it. Like that is our mantra. We are going to change. You can hold me to this all day long. Is we are going to change the world as you know it for gun owners of America. We are going to take what they know now. We're going to wipe a slate clean. And we're going to show them something new that has never existed before. And we're already doing it. And we already have thousands of people jumping on board. It's absolutely amazing. And that is so awesome. As we get ready to wrap up everything here, where can we steer more people your way to your masterminds, to the 
the funnels, you know, to everything that you're doing to where they can get on board more with your team and what's going on there. You know, there's one thing I wish I had starting out. Can I tell you a real quick story? Do we have time? Yeah, absolutely. Remember, this is a five-hour <laughs> Five podcast. Five-hour. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to go to break, do a little uh, jumping jacks, and we'll come back, guys. Just pull over and <laughs> yeah. get yourself a coffee. All right. So, And I'm sure you guys would love that, too, right? So here's the thing is when we were selling t-shirts, uh, and we could tell, I could tell you stories how we shut down a detective office, a police station in, in Ohio. We shut down their 911 call center, like crazy stories like that to where... People were, we had 15,000 phone calls coming in one day, like insane stuff. Like we could tell stories upon stories. But one story I want to take you to is how when we were selling t-shirts, we built up a website because we wanted to get out of the Teespring because we wanted the information. We wanted the phone number and the address and like all that stuff. And we were moving so quick. Like we paid a guy five grand to build us a website. This is before funnels to build us a website that would collect that data. We started bringing down, turning off the ads to our Teespring shirts, getting ready to ramp up this new website. The website launches, we push Facebook ads and zero sales. It actually broke. So not only did we lose revenue for the last two months, but this website was broken. It didn't work. And I reached out to a lady named Kim Doyle. Love that lady now. I always have. And so I was like, Kim, like, here's my struggle. Like, I, we have a website. It's broken. It sucks. And she's like, have you heard of this thing called ClickFunnels? I was like, no, what's that? She's like, oh, this, this dude over here named Russell Brunson built in. It's really amazing. And you should go try it. So I was like, okay. And I went over there and I built a funnel and shoot, I don't know, like it took me like three days, I think. And we had this 14-day trial and we made enough money in those 14 days to pay for the entire year for ClickFunnels, which was huge. But I wish at that point in time that I would have had like a template or like something that would have just springboarded me or, pulled, or propelled me faster and that probably would have been like a funnel template of something that's already successful. And so I kind of want to do something for your audience today, Jared, which is gift them uh, one of our most successful funnels. It's actually our oil funnel where we sell an oil product. And we've spent recently $112,000 in just optimizing, tweaking it, make sure it looks good, make sure it's fully optimized to where when someone comes to the order form, they fill it out. So I want to gift, if that's okay with you, I want to gift that to your audience. Uh, yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. We're all about providing value here. So that'd be so awesome. Thanks so much for doing that. We'll, uh, we'll put that at mrohnit.com forward slash success 101. Is that okay? That is great. That is That's awesome. We'll do. So yeah, all they got to do is click that link and then download and boom, they got a fully optimized funnel. So hopefully for you guys that are listening out there, that, that helps you, you know, that gets you started that, you know, just does something for you. Yeah, and head over to show notes. I'll get all of that linked up in there to where you guys can see that. And man, just can't thank you enough for your time here. You're doing some great things and just really thinking outside the box. It's amazing to me. I'm a real tech junkie as far as where business is going and how technology and everything ties into that. And so it's always really cool to see somebody that's uh, created some stuff. Again, going from the pool boy, right, all the way to where you are now. <laughs> And it's so interesting, too, because your company or what you set out to, I mean, you're not a gun company, right? And, but you're finding that market desire, that market approach and figuring out a way to put the business mindset and creativity behind it. And I, I just think that is so cool. And, and seriously, I could have you on forever because, again, just everything from getting to, you know, the importance of mentors to when to get out of the Red Sea and get into the Blue Sea and delegation, all the things that we've talked about. It's so cool. But guys, go check it out. So your website is treylewellen.com. Again, I'll link all of that up in the show notes as well as the free funnel that you're giving away there. And where else can we find you just in the world of social media or all the great things you're doing out there? 
Oh, good Lord. You know what? TreyLewellen.com is the best one because that'll lead you to all the other spider webs of, of coolness that we have out there. But if there's one thing that we put out that's really cool, that's free, that they should go look at, it's called The Unstoppable Course. It's on the front page of Trey Llewellyn. That's just free content. And that's just kind of like what's working now. And it's just little five minute, 10 minute blips of just some really golden nuggets. It's huge. So I just say start there and just, you know, see what you find. That is awesome. Trey, thanks so much for your time. We wish you more continued success in your efforts and what you're doing. I can't wait to see uh, what's going to happen long term. And uh, thanks for your time here today for our listeners. Hey, I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate you having us on. This has been awesome. It's been a rock. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. It's been a ton of fun. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. See you, Jared. Hey guys, I enjoyed having Trey on the podcast today and hope you found a ton of value in his story of thinking outside the box, especially when it comes to how you market your brand, thinking bigger, and also testing and pushing the limits to what actually can be achieved through volume out there when it comes to an online presence. If you guys would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is by email. Shoot a message to my team over at info at success101podcast.com or catch the podcast in the world of social media on the Facebook Success 101 Podcast page or on Instagram under the name at Success 101 Podcast. I'll catch you guys on the next awesome episode. Until then.